I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Goner. Are you ready? Here we go. Hello and welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. Thank you so much for tuning in every week and letting me know that you are listening and sending me DMs and emails and subscribing and leaving reviews. Gosh, I checked the other day. I had so many beautiful reviews. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. That just brings me to this place of asking these guests that, you know, that I wouldn't have been able to a year ago. And now that I have so many reviews and five star or messages and reviews, the five stars help. So wait till you see who's coming and it is going to blow your mind. When I get excited about my guests and I start to, you know, read their books or listen to their podcasts that they've been on or go down the YouTube channel road, (laughs) I realize this podcast for me has come into my life because I love to learn. I've always been a seeker. But when I look back now, it's been almost three years to have this podcast. And from the beginning of time, when I first started this in 2020, I could never imagine the person I am today. That didn't even enter my mind. And, you know, the person we are today is so different than the person we were even a month ago. So really celebrate the person you are. I've learned that in my journey is you know, we're always evolving. It's never ending, but always celebrate the evolution and the growth that you've gotten to because it's never going to stop. And we're that's why we chose to come here. And this podcast for me and learning about these beautiful people, it, I don't go on the surface. It's, you know, cause I like to know everything about them and, you know, have the information before I actually meet them in person or on zoom. And when I have them on and I've really done my research, I realized if I didn't have the podcast, I wouldn't have probably gone that deep. I would have just gone, you know, learn something new. But gosh, that's, I think, what has elevated my learning and my growth this last three years. Because just imagine like when you, when you are always seeking and learning and stop and reflect on the person that you were you know, a month ago or two years ago or whatever it is, celebrate that because it will make you realize that all the time and energy you've spent because it is interesting to you and you're drawn to it and you're called to these these lessons and this growth, that this is all part of your journey and it's exciting and it it excites me when I get to meet this next person. And this person today... Oh my gosh, I saw her on Instagram. She's this 23-year-old, beautiful Brazilian from Brazil. I would tell you, once I started watching her videos 
And I'm like, wow, where is this woman, this child that could be my child? Where did she get all of her information? I mean, it's profound. And I, you know, reached out to her and she responded right away. I want to say this is one of her first podcasts, which I feel like after you listen to this, she's going to be like exploding in her life and, you know, sharing her message on more platforms. But um, her name is Madi. Last name is Nishinari, but she lives in Brazil. And you can look at her Instagram and it's Guides by Madi. And she is someone who had an experience when she was 18 and she'll go into this in the interview, but it opened her up and she realized she had these gifts, just like a lot of my guests have experienced, you know, the Kundalini is what she experienced. But, you know, even my, the guest before this, Patrick Garlinger, he had the Kundalini. I had a couple other guests too, but you know, there's always a something that opens someone up, a near-death experience, right? That, you know, that there's that moment in their life that it there's a pivot that I always say is when they uncover their magic. So with Madi, she had this experience and it you will see how she talks. It's absolutely amazing. And after we stopped recording in the episode, I just, we talked and we kept talking and I, You know, I just, that's another thing about this podcast is I've met so many beautiful friends that have, we've maintained friendships and so grateful for that. So enjoy this episode. Her bio is going to be her talking because she's this 23 year old, beautiful soul that has come to, as she says, she volunteered, she's one of the volunteers and she came to help us all expand and take us to the next level in this new earth. So you're going to love her. You're going to start following her on Instagram. I know it because if you're listening to this podcast, you're going to be like all over Madi. So let's bring Madi on and let her share with you her magic. So please welcome Madi to the show. Welcome Madi. Hi everyone. From Brazil. Yeah, from Brazil. (laughs) all the way from Brazil. It's 90 degrees in February when I'm in San Diego and it's like 40 degrees. So there we go. Very Mm -hmm. much a polar opposite. So let me get to where I found you on Instagram and you're beautiful and you're 23 years old. And I'm looking at you because it's mesmerizing on how you talk and how you do your videos on Instagram. So here I go. And everyone knows me on this show. I go down the rabbit hole. So I'm on Maddie's rabbit hole. And I just really was like, who is this young, beautiful Brazilian? And what is like, it made me realize like where we're going in this world and who's coming out of the woodwork. Like, And there you are coming out and just starting to share your message. However, I want to go a little bit before we get to this magic that you've discovered. When you, was it when you broke up with the boyfriend, you had your kundalini experience? Yeah, Let's I'll tell there. you about my story then. I'll okay. share it. I think the the fact about being very young, that has to do with the generations in the ascension the indigos, the crystals, and then the rainbow children, which is the generation that I feel I belong in. Probably your kids as well. They're rainbow too? If they were, it was around the year 2000. I'm from 1999. 
So if it's after that's very likely because it's like a mixture of indigos and crystal. So that's why the new kids that enter the world, they're kind of like, mm, you could say they already go in the next level naturally because it's their natural frequency. So I think that the fact that people are waking up younger has to do with that. And Hmm. that includes me being 23. But um, yeah, my spiritual journey begins when my first boyfriend broke up with me. That was in 2018, like the end of 2018. And my best friend who called herself a witch told me to go look into the law of attraction and spirituality books, but it wasn't for a good purpose. It was to get him back because I wanted to attract him back. So Mm. we were like over the phone, like two girls just, you know, gossiping and like, okay, now we're going to do this spell to get him back. So that was kind of how we started. But then it turns out that I really took it seriously. And I was I was reading book after book. There's a bunch of books here and like the third floor and then the fourth floor here of books. And it was when I saw my my twin flame cross my life. That's what triggered the Kundalini experience for me. And I would say that was the, the checkpoint that really made me advance into the psychic realms. Because prior to that, I couldn't really feel much. But that experience, have you heard of it? The Kundalini Awakening? Yes. I've interviewed oh. people that have had that experience. Mm-hmm. And have you had it? I, no, but I'm mm-hmm. like, I want that. Who doesn't okay. want that? <laughs> if, I mean, there are some times that you tell yourself, like, why did I ask for it? Because it's so intense and it's so much energy in your this psychic area that um, you just question yourself, like, why did I ask for this? So there's a pace. That's what I believe in. Like, if you want it, then I feel like it's in the cards for you. But then there's a reason why it hasn't happened yet. Just right. like for everybody else who wishes for it. There are right. even monks who prepare like lives and lives for it huh. because you have to clear energy. So that's really when I started to feel psychic. Um, I've had like um, how it exploded for me because people describe it as, as snakes coming up from your right. spine. That was really it. I felt like a tingling coming up and then this huge claustrophobia Because when there's still like a lot of density, you feel fear, all of the anxiety coming up. So I had a panic attack. I've never had had anything before Mm. in my life. No mental diagnosis ever. And then boom, all of a sudden, panic attack. That was the first wave, the root chakra wave. And then I had the heart chakra wave, all triggered by my twin flame being in my life. And then I'm going through the throat chakra wave. So it's like a process that keeps um, going on. But you know what's going on because you've done your reading and you know this is the kundalini. Well, in the beginning, I didn't know what was going on. Like some people who have the experience, they simply freak out. Like they just have this energy coming up and they have no idea how to control it because it's so, first of all, non-scientifically proven. So you might get sent to a psychiatrist and they'll tell you they have a bunch of problems. So a lot of the the kind of mental issues, they have to do with spirituality, but a lot of times psychology doesn't consider the spiritual realm as valid or it will stop as a belief. So it stops in the mental field, but not as something that is prior to the psychic, like the psych itself. So it's very hard in the beginning when you have no idea what's going on and then science doesn't back it up. But as you transmute the energy, you become lighter and more grounded. That's a very important point, you know, when we clear all of the pain that's stuck and then we can be embodied in our bodies. So that's what it is, the the Kundalini energy. It breaks all of the, the patterns kind of all at once. It sends like a really strong force for you to start purifying that. That's mm-hmm. why I, I wouldn't wish it kind of before it's supposed to happen because right. you could go nuts like that. 
a lot of people go to into psychiatry wards because of it. Huh. So I was listening to you talk about, you know, the root chakra, it starts there and it goes up, but all the trauma, all the wounds are in each chakra. That's mm. just like, it's like a shooting missile coming through and cleaning that up to awaken your psychic abilities. Mm-hmm. And that's when you started to experience this whole different- A lot of clairvoyance. These, a lot of clairvoyance. Mm-hmm. That's clairvoyance, right. Clairvoyance, connection with my spirit team, guys coming online, feeling angels around me. Because what happens is that um your body has this upgrade in DNA. So the, the Kundalini awakening, it catalyzes the third strand. So you start feeling consciousness because we know that everything vibrates. So there's information everywhere moving around. Frequency carries information. So our bodies hold all of that information. So what happens is that your physical body can now sense this consciousness that is invisible. And you start reading these things that are extrasensory, you know, Hmm. uh, beyond the five senses, basically. Explain to me when you first started, like sensing your spirit guides and how you, because you explained that really in a totally different way than I've ever heard angels and spirit guides mm-hmm. and how you have to meet them halfway and you have to talk to them. And okay, you, you've watched like um, my material content before. Yeah. The thing is like when you're in a very low frequency, nothing in alignment comes to you because you're misaligned from within. So when I say that I had to meet my spirit, my spirit team halfway is because I had to raise my frequency to a point that I was able to really catch it clearly so you kind of have to transcend, go beyond the fourth dimension. There, there are still negatives and, and um, positives. And then you go into this clear, subtle realm of information that you can just read stuff. So it just takes more time of you preparing yourself to get there instead of uh, kind of wishing for it. Right. It's like yeah. having a, a very healthy day, meditating, making sure you stay away from low vibrational frequencies, integrate everything. Because if you're just dense, 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 as much as you might want it, your body is holding all of that low frequency. It's just not possible in terms of quantum physics, in terms of physics. It doesn't resonate. Right. So you work on getting your vibration to that, mm-hmm. past that fourth dimension. Mm-hmm. Doing meditation, because I was just reading your the the MAPS course, your way on oh, your cool. meditation mm-hmm. and how you describe that and how it's kind of a... I don't know if it's a big, it explains it as a beginner. Like when, if someone was going to read that and they Mm -hmm. never meditated before, you really make that super clear and understanding of why and why it works and Mm -hmm. the senses. And I'm um, glad you liked it. I did. I loved it. In fact, I was like, I need to send that to everybody because it, (laughs) it kind of, you know, I'm a huge proponent of meditation. And when I Mm -hmm. understand and listen to you explain to me, like, cause you know, like I know that throughout this, the last three years that I've had this podcast, it's just been this progression, right? And now all of a sudden there's like all these people talking about the ascension, the next Mm -hmm. dimensions, the 3D, 4D, 5D, you talk about 70 Mm -hmm. and that's, let's go there because that, when you talk about getting from like the third dimension, which we're all, we're all in the same place. We're not going anywhere. Exactly. And that's muddy. Go Because ex- I've never talked about the seventh dimension yet. So, okay, let's kind of go from where the ascension started. From all of the material that I've explored and things that I've channeled, received, I believe that the ascension really was kickstarted after the Second World War. That's when the indigo wave started to come in. And those are more rebellious spirits, people that are going to question institutions, the ones that really are more active 
and more explosive people. Then came the crystal children that are more like that person that was always socially awkward, could never fit in and wanted to stay home, self-isolate because they're so sensitive. So with the rainbow generation now, uh, with the year 2000 and this mix, I think people are getting into these newer levels. And when we talk about the seventh dimension, for example, that's simply something beyond the fifth. But it's not like we should give um, a lot of emphasis in terms of like, where is it? I want to reach it. I think right. it happens naturally because... After the third strand is catalyzed, there comes the fifth, and then you you jump straight to the twelfth. So you kind of keep going into this multidimensionality, and it's hard to track where exactly you're going. But the seventh, that would be where we go into being disembodied, so out of body, just the light body. And we still have access to that. But it's crazy because it's also unpolarized. That's when the masculine and the feminine really fuse. And when I had that activation, it was so confusing. Because it felt like I was hit by lining. You get the the descending current. We have the ascending current. That is the Kundalini going up. So that is feminine. And then coming down the descending current. That is the masculine energy that keeps us embodied and grounded. And Mm -hmm. oriented towards the human game. So reaching the seventh dimension. It doesn't feel like anything different. It feels like a lot of blissful energy. That's the sensation. And then you kind of have an inversion in your polarity to have like an activation. So I went into the more masculine of me and then into the more feminine. And now with the throat, those are coming into balance. You know, we experience all of these different adventures so that we can get all of the complete activations. (laughs) You're like to the next level. Oh my gosh, you're amazing. But I don't think I am. I think people are really into dimensions and the ascension topic is gaining force, but I've actually been laying like really low key at this point, more oriented towards human life. And to me, the most important thing is always love. You know, if you can love in life or just learn how to feel love, that's what's going to get you into the next game because the heart chakra is the one in the middle that bridges everything, the non-physical and the physical. So if you don't have that feel, like if you've been denied that in childhood, that's why parenting, that's why I resonated so much with that episode. Um, yeah. It's so important. So if you can have that, know how to feel that, then you can catapult yourself further. If not, then it's so hard because it's like the the door to the bridge is closed. Right. Well, you talk a lot about, you know, being in the present moment. You know, I know we're, there's no future. It's all happening right now. Mm-hmm. And how you, you were talking in one... Um, thing I was listening to about, you know, having a baby, you know, mm-hmm. like, well, I started to process that because, you know, I was always wanting a baby. And mm-hmm. I was like, that would be, that's like my dream. I want a baby. I didn't meet my husband until I was 35, mm-hmm. but I'd always like, am I going to have, I'd go to psychics and say, am I going to have babies? <laughs> oh my God. So cool. I want to be but, a mother too. But you were talking about like, explain that because the way you describe that, because that's a great way to describe time. Your wishes, you mean? Yeah. The thing about like, there is a future, but there isn't a future. So say, okay, let's start with the multidimensional game. Here in the third dimension, we see things as linear. So there are people that only exist there. So they literally live the nine to five and they don't understand that there's something beyond that. But that's still real because we're in the collective society. So for example, we booked this podcast for like 5 p.m. for me and midday for you. That works. So time is real like that, linearly. But escaping that, then you can start entering the quantum world in which the past, present, and future, they coexist, 
but they're not all happening exactly in this present moment together. They're super superpositions in the quantum field. So the past has already physically happened, your history. Those things have happened, but you can rearrange the timelines and the energy by reassigning meaning. That's what therapy attempts to do or, you know, right. people with emotional work do. So you get the the parts that are fragmented and you reintegrate them. But it's the same with the future. But the different thing from the past and the future to me is that the past has already been written like that, you know, set in stone physically, your history. But with the future is possibility. So you're always playing with probabilities. And every wish that you have tethers you to that timeline. And when you're able to connect to that version of you that is super positioned in the now, because all of those three coexist, you can bring that energy here and you're able to... I'm going to say manifest, but I prefer, I, I also saw that you uh, said something about manifesting and creating, and I'm more about creating my life and naturally manifesting things. Because right. when you're able to get that frequency and you embody that and you clear it in your body, that has been created already. You know, you have already constructed the solid base and then it's just um, the course is set for it right. to manifest. It's all within divine timing. So working like that from the future talking to my future versions when I meditate, to my past versions, to the version of me of when I'm about to die and I'm in bed in the hospital and saying to myself, like in the present moment, you have already done everything and you need it. So like focus on this and you start receiving this information that is real, but that is still, let's say, floating in realms that are invisible to the eyes. Right. When you talk about timelines, is that, how do you describe that? Like different timelines where you Hmm. can be, you know, with still with that boyfriend, having that experience, not mm-hmm. having the kundalini. So imagine the the possibilities and tethered with the wishes that we just described here. Well, that contains an entire story and it can play out a certain way. That would be a timeline. And I see a timeline, imagine just a line floating and it's now entering the time of third dimension where there's the nine to five. That's a timeline and that's a timeline being anchored. It's like a storyline that can play out. Tell me about like your higher self. The ascension timelines, the possibilities. Right. What about your higher self? Explain the, your higher self. The higher self to me, that's exactly the body that sits in the seventh dimension. And it's beyond time. So it's very universal. And for me, you actually feel it more. But that's the sensation that I have. I feel it more in my soul instead of getting messages from it. I get messages from my spirit team, from angels. But with my higher self, it's like... It's just more of a feeling the soul vibrating and just following it through intuition. So it's a more embodied experience for me instead of a psychic one. It's more like it's locked in the heart. Mm -hmm. But that's how you decipher your intuition versus your higher self and what that voice is. When it comes to psychic abilities like that, and that's a very common question that people have. Like, how do I know it's me or like my ego? That's like the typical question, like my ego versus my intuition. That's because the person's still like residing with, uh, within a lot of density. So the more subtle you become from within, the more you can tell like with clarity what frequency is what and where it's coming from. So it's like in my mind, I just have this blank space. And to me, like how my psychic abilities work is that I just read frequency as if it were like a line floating around. So it's like, if I see this image, oh, this is my clairvoyance. Or if it's more inside of my brain, like this is me actively thinking. Or like when I'm receiving something, this is me passively receiving something. So you kind of develop this subtlety to distinguish what is what. And the higher self, it's like, for me, it only 
happens, you know, the messages from my higher self, they only come in in moments of distress, like very decisive moments, because, you know, it's not going to spoil your life for you in the sense of giving you a spoiler. That's not the purpose. Like it would defeat the entire purpose of you exploring yourself. Right. Gosh. (laughs) So when you talk about frequency and vibration, Hmm. There's, you know, a lot, we talk a lot about vibration and a lot about frequency and a lot of people kind of put the two together, but you talk about how different they are. Mm -hmm. To me, frequency is the information inside the vibration. I literally tried to read so many quantum physics books to, to try to decipher exactly what it is, but I'm still waiting on the day that a scientist has a Kundalini awakening to explain these concepts even better. So to me, frequency is the thing that carries the information and vibration is what spreads it when we're able to embody that frequency. And those two together are electromagnet, like electromagnetism. Right. And that's there's the entire thing in, in quantum physics that like they can't travel separately or fields and magnetic fields. Like there's all of these quantum theories that I just prefer the practical parts, which means like grab the information and embody that. And then you're vibrating it and generating energy. Right. Exactly. And I, yeah, I, I'm getting closer to that understanding and I, I use that. But when you talk about getting, you know, having the Kundalini, now mm-hmm. you're, you're opening your clairvoyance. You want to have, you're starting to, the arterians or the people that you, mm-hmm. you really connect with the, that galactic, ex, why do yeah, you my, know? Why, like my why star system. Your star mm-hmm. system is the arterians. Yeah, arturians. Arturians, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Will you talk about that? Because I've had people on here that talk about the galactic federation of light, the, yeah, the, the palladians, all that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Basically, there are different star systems systems because the starseed community has been growing. Uh, Many of the souls who volunteered are from other planets. I'm sure you you probably believe that if you, you know, people talk about these things. So, But you volunteered, right? You are a volunteer. You probably volunteered too. That's something that you can, you know, you just feel. Sometimes people ask like, oh, ask a psychic, like confirm this to me. They should just really be like feeling into their heart to know like, and so when the Ascension was kickstarted after the Second World War, these uh, third three waves of volunteers um, started to come in. They were from all types of different places. And the Arcturians, they are very intelligent. They're more oriented towards deciphering complexity and ideas and concepts. The Pleiadians, for example, they might be more emotional or more relatable. Like a lot of celebrities... It's, it is said, I'm not sure, it is said that they resonate within the Pleiadian systems. Orion, for example, are said to be more rebellious. They had more of this a war story going on. So every star system carries characteristics, traits, kind of like imagine like different countries with different cultures. Right. That's kind of like the vibes. And Arcturians are just very kind of like spiritual nerds like engineering nerds that Mm -hmm. just want to investigate everything and understand how everything works and all of the mechanisms of energies while other star systems would be more oriented towards like physical healing, more like um, touch. There's everything in spirituality, people for all types of works. How do you know that you're part of that star? That was only revealed to me after the Kundalini experience because you start having a gravitation It's not like a a yes and no. It's more like everything about your life starts getting flooded with that type of consciousness. And then one day I was like seeing this blue light 
in my clairvoyance and it just wouldn't leave me. And that's when I started to really channel those messages. And I knew that it wasn't coming from me because I couldn't possibly know those things about spirituality or the ascension. So that's when you know that you're in contact, but everybody has their confirmation story. For me, it was all about just um when I'm in resonance with something, my entire life gives me signs for it. And it's just like flooding my subconscious and my life and everything and my dreams. In the Kundalini process, I've had dreams about snakes all the time because, well, that's hmm. the symbol for it. So it was right. the same with the Arcturians. I was gravitating towards them in Syria. I have a few books and I don't resonate with other star systems. Hmm. Are you there now? Part of your soul? That's a great question. I believe so. But I believe that we can be in many places at once. We're just not consciously when we're embodied during daylight. We just don't know that. And it's supposed to keep us grounded. Right. So I do believe that part of my soul is there that is transmuting me with the information. Right. And what about your... (laughs) <laughs> what about your dreams? Are you are you astral traveling to back to there? What do you do? What is your dreams like? My dreams are very adventurous and they're more like inner child dreams. I sometimes I dream a lot about being in water parks or like doing like um skydiving or this crazy adventures. I don't know why, like those are just huh. my dreams. Some a lot of them are uh, messages. So if I dream about a specific person or specific situation, then obviously that means that I have to meditate about that situation because there are like lessons there. So it, it's just like any other dreams for people. But uh, astral projections, I'm not a huge fan. I'm more into going to the celestial fields and having encounters with souls that I know are meant to be my tribe or like my twin flame. So to me, that feels much lighter. What do you, tell me about your twin flame. You've mentioned it a couple of times. It's not the boyfriend oh, yeah. you broke up with. No, the first boyfriend was a karmic. And then my twin flame, we're in separation. I, I have a boyfriend. Like it's actually my, my boyfriend's birthday today. Like that is not my twin flame, but it feels more like a soulmate vibe. So my twin flame crossed my life and it was just, um, do you have a twin flame? I don't know. You don't know. It was just this astronomical energy. Like I couldn't breathe. It was, it would give me anxiety. It was so intense and it was, so much huh. love underlying, but I didn't know that it was love. It was only when he left my life that I encountered this channel called Twin Flame Revolution by Dove and Nicole. It's funny because Nicole actually follows me like today. And when yeah. I started, like she didn't. So that type of thing is really like cool. And that's when I started to, again, resonate with all of that content. And just everything was about Twin Flames by then, like for me. So that's when you know that you're in resonance with something. You don't need like a psychic to confirm like, oh, you're from like the Pleiadians or like, oh, you have a twin flame. It's all about like resonance. So you have to trust, you know, people have to trust themselves with their own like deliverance to tell this resonates with me. Like this is in my field. It's like in my aura, it's gravitating. I'm magnetizing that. Right. And then there were like a few kind of like he enters my life, leaves my life. I, I see him at a party and then, don't see him at a party, but uh, I polarization is so strong that I don't feel like he's supposed to be in my life right now. So we didn't even date. It was more like a pre, the pre-dating to the pre-dating because I feel like in the United States, people already start dating like immediately, like boy grabs uh, the hand, like the girl's hand and it's like, we're dating. But in Brazil, it's like people are too slutty for that. Like that doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. I just can't imagine you, who you would, who would you date? Cause you're so beyond the, I mean, they'd, you'd be the, they'd have to be super into what you are. I would think 
to be able to have a conversation. Like if you went out to dinner with someone and he just sat there and stared at you with this like glaze of eyes and he just went, (laughs) everything you said was like right over his head. That's a great like topic, you know, because I know there was a time for me that it was very hard to kind of find somebody that I was interested in, like a guy that actually sat and was like, okay, I actually want to stay close because, you know, something adds to my life. And I think that's when you're still like in a period that you have to be by yourself. I know that's a struggle for a lot of people in like the spiritual waking movement in the ascension. But uh, the guy that I'm currently with, he's not spiritual like he's not necessarily spiritual he does yoga like so he is like I don't know I just pull in a lot of like entrepreneurs like business guys vibe probably because it's more masculine energy and like with the spirituality is a lot of feminine energy so that's kind of like complementary so the person isn't necessarily spiritual it's more like adds to my life in a way in points that I'm not as good whoever needs to to be in my life they they add in their way as much as as long as there's love Again, like it comes back to the love. As long as you can love, to me, like the spirituality isn't really needed. You know, there's people who have no spirituality. I feel like a lot of grandmothers and they're so wise and they just love and they're so like nourishing. They don't necessarily know a thing about ascension. They're just like a good human spreading love. Right. Totally. I love that. And we were talking about your book, Ascension Mm -hmm. Penurial. What is it called? Ascension Penuring. Ascension Paneering. Let's go there. Let's talk about this book. This you wrote amazing at your age. You just <laughs> one you, day uh, said, I'm going to write it? a book. No, I haven't what? read it. I wish oh, I okay. usually do. And then I'm, I'm behind, but I did read what it was about and I did look <laughs> at it. Well, I, it was something that just happened. I didn't think that it was going to happen, but like with other, like other spiritual projects, like the maps course, it was just information being given to me. And at this point, like I'm just laying low with a project. I'm just doing sessions. So thank God. Cause it was like, so it was such an intense period, but I, I felt like it was important for me to put it out for the people who follow me because it's an entire vibe of how you can navigate your own spirituality and really kind of embody what I feel like I'm good at. It's kind of taking the entrepreneurship vibes, the whole like, let's go get it. Or because I used to read books about that a lot and taking that to the spiritual fields. And it's more like, how can you really advance instead of like procrastinating or stalling with this attitude, you know, because a lot of people, they just kind of remain in the same place. Like for me, that's, how can you do that? Like, I can't even remain with the same like stuck energy for two days and people stay for like two weeks, two months with the same issue. Or two. So I just wanted to give decades. that <laughs> True. But I'm the same way as you. I always, I'm really good about, I always tell everyone to say yes, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, just start saying yes. And I do that in my life. I always am like, there's some inspired thought and I'm like, that must be something I feel they're in resonance with me when it feels that's, in resonance. that's when you know something's in alignment when it's yes. an inspired action that's like oh your soul is saying yes go if you were like totally misaligned you would feel like completely uninspired no reason to even move so that's how I, I also like tell with along with logical deliberation that's how I know that something's in alignment with my soul as well right were you really smart in school like, did you get re- straight A student? Mm, no, like, uh, I actually only really liked English, Spanish, and geography. Like, I was a good student. Like, I was very consistent, but uh, especially at college, definitely started to not care. Like, mm. let's talk about that because I have my two girls. They're 
14 and 16 in high school or one's in high school, one will be next year. You know, talking about college, you know, looking at the Ascension, I have a course that I teach teenagers and parents that I think is so necessary because I feel Mm -hmm. like the school systems are just, they basically teach, I'm 54, what I learned when I was, (laughs) you know, we need some upgrading. Mm -hmm. And you know, and I know my girls are where you're talking like they're this rainbow. They're, they're way ahead of this. Like this, all this thing, all this stuff at school that they're learning, has they have no interest. And it's just, I feel like I'm dropping them off for seven hours for to babysit. <laughs> like we, we could be home doing, talking to you. <laughs> that would be their, the best school. I mean, that reminds me of uh, how there's so much like the attention deficit thing going on right now. Those are just souls that are more advanced and they don't care about like the matrixy, the 3D matrixy unconsciousness uh, programming going on. So uh, it's like such a topic right now. Like apparently all kids these days have attention deficit, but it's because their souls like don't care anymore about right. being indoctrinated with things that are like so outdated. And I think that like the difficult thing is kind of bridging even work life or academic life, if you're like a kid, with the spiritual. Because with society, is still very much in the 3D. So it would be like so unrealistic in a way if everybody just sat around and talked about like spirituality all day and, you know, nobody worked. Because the jobs that people are still valuing, they're still, you know, outdated. It all depends on what people want. That's just like law of demand and, you know, right. the supply. I actually did study like economics for a while. So like, yeah, you know, to understand like the matrix and the system. And that's the issue. It's like to be able to keep your spirituality in such a dense place, in such a dense system. And then we empower ourselves so that we can go there like Neo in the matrix or like Trinity and, you know, disrupt it and change for the better by demanding things. So in the next 10 years, my, one of your videos said, in, in, I think it was 2020 that you were talking, it was mm-hmm. in 2024 is when you see this like really big wake up. I mean, that's not far along now. <laughs> yes, you know, we, I think the Ascension timelines, they were very, timelines always change. So something that is today, if there's like a huge event, they might switch. And there was a huge event you know, like the whole the pandemic thing, et cetera, et cetera, changed a lot of the timelines. That was the perfect opportunity for people to start checking out the contrast and waking up. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to have like in the short term from what I can channel is massive disclosure. Like all of this contrast was for people to realize like, hello, like it's in front of your face. Like the system is literally like telling you how flawed it is. And you can't even see it. So for people who are already awakened, the ascension is only going to accelerate. Frequencies accelerating. And what that means is that we just need to be feeling our feelings. That's the practical work, the emotional work. And for the ones who are unawakened and they might not wake up in this lifetime, it's just going to feel like more anxiety and more anxiety and then more numbing mechanisms, more numbing mechanisms. That's the the 3D, uh, 5D split. Mm -hmm. When you say feel your feelings, Explain that, like you're feeling this way, feel it. It's all, you know, like I interviewed somebody, Lori Ladd, and she always is about- Oh yeah, Lori. Yeah. I follow her. Mm-hmm. Yes. I And same thing with her. Like I was watching her one day and I was like, oh my gosh, just like I did with you. But mm-hmm. she talks about the feelings, like you just got to feel. Is that what you mean? Is that what you're talking to about? To me, like uh, if you can feel love and if you if you know how to feel and and along with knowledge, because that's the thing, people, they, you're too much in the mental field, in the spiritual community or anywhere. It's just a lot of information 
but nothing really being done with it. So, because for a frequency to be changed in your body, you really have to take it to the emotional factory is what I call it. Right. That's where the energy will actually change its frequency when you're able to feel it and then reassign meaning. So that's where the knowledge part would be important. It's both thinking and feeling, but people think a lot and they can acquire a lot of information, but they barely know how to feel. I think it's funny because Americans, for us Brazilians, are very cold people. Brazilians, Mm. they're so emotionally driven. Like people are so like Latino people, you know, just kind of like feeling the vibes all the time. Like they're so kind of like warm. So for me, it was always easy to, to feel my feelings like such a sensitive person. And I think that that's where the practice is. It doesn't matter how much you read. If you're not able to sit in your chair and connect with the thing that's in your body, the frequencies that are there. Because you're otherwise you're just going to be like accumulating stuff, but it's not changing the frequency. Right. It's only when you can combine thinking and feeling that you're able to, with that intention of healing, cure yourself, you know, heal yourself like that by feeling the pain and then adding love to it. To me, the love part is important because that's the zero. It goes back to the zero, you know, goes like back restarting. To the zero. Restart, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. When you talk about the 10 years from now and how we were talking before we push record and how you are watching the video on children these days and what, what their life is going to be like. And, you know, I've had people on here. Do you know Andrew Genovese? Have you followed him? Okay. So he talks about like, you know, we're going to, there's not going to be the grocery stores or the targets. It's going to be all grown and we're going to live on this, you know, with the Mm -hmm. farms, you know, how do you see that life? How do you see my life, my girls and their, uh and your children? I follow, I follow a lot of those. I follow like literally all of, all topics in spirituality. So kind of like a bunch of conspiracy groups on Telegram, like I'm there, like I'm reading everything. Well, yeah, but you have so much information. Yes. But you're so hungry for that. You love it. Exactly. It's like, I mean, I just feel like I like to read a bit of everything because nobody's ever like right or wrong. It's just like, Right. Their version of their exactly. life based on like their background. And that's just like the same for me and people can resonate or not. That's fine. Right. So um that's like a lot of going off grid that people are talking about, kind of removing themselves completely from the system and like going into a place that you can like grow your own food, like have a a house there. Like with, I don't know, because I don't see that like for everyone, you know, everybody right. has like so personalized lives. And I live in a city. Like I live in Sao Paulo. That would be like the, maybe the New York from Brazil, but like gray, like not as beautiful. And I don't see myself like moving out of here because you can still be spiritual, like in the city, like in very heavy, dense things. And I think that, uh, yes, we are going to move towards a more organic life eventually with the Ascension, but I don't see it happening that quick. I still think that, um, I think it's going to take incarnations. You do. It's just like, like I said, we've just kickstarted it. And, you know, what happens is that we have two versions, let's say many versions, actually, but the 3D version of Earth here, and it's superpositioned with the 5D version. But those are dimensions of consciousness existing in the same space, in the same planet. So people are simply uh, living different types of lives. And I do support so much of the organic, like smaller communities, more like... um Less industrial, basically, like anything that is more organic. Obviously, that's the path that we want to be headed. But then there's like the technology timelines, the AI timelines, 
the agenda timelines, you know, dark agenda timelines. So it's kind of like the intention of the volunteers, of the people who are really leading the ascension versus what's already going on in density, you know. It, right. You could say that's the spiritual war in the astral fields going on. Hmm. Wow. Did you um, follow Dolores Cannon? Is that where you? Yeah. Oh my God. I love her. It's like my Me favorite. Me too. Me too. Oh my gosh. Well, were you talking about the like three? up there. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. But the volunteers, you know, I, that's where I learned that from her, but I just, you know, I resonate with her so much and I'm thinking there's just like a, I feel like when she's talking, it's just, mm. it just really lights me up. Does she do that to you? Literally, I feel like I started listening to her because it was so, um, it was such a relief to like get home from like such a, a dense environment. But then the lighter I became, like the less the environment bothers me, you know, a very heavy place. So she did have that effect on me as well. Like, a, it was like a soul relief. Yeah. You know, like a very interesting, also like a lot of curiosities. Do you feel like just saying that kind of made me think, you know, we're all soul, a soul family, like a, I'm drawn to you for some reason. Like this podcast is really like made me realize that too. When I get to have somebody on that, I just, mm-hmm. I get, I couldn't wait for like the last four days. I was like, <laughs> I cannot wait to have her on there. I'm so grateful. I have this podcast. I get mm-hmm. to meet her and talk to her and hear her amazing knowledge and wisdom. And you just light me up. But I, that, I feel that way when I meet people where I feel mm-hmm. like, gosh, there has to be some kind of connection. But there is, there is, and it's all still based on resonance, you know, and there's also like the guided encounters, like things that are in our divine blueprint, for example, me meeting my twin flame, things that are more orchestrated by the universe, but it's, I feel like this is kind of like tribe vibes, right? Like finding your tribe, people that really resonate with the content and some people might not even resonate, but it's more like you can exchange perspectives, Right. That's also important, you know. That's why I go into like all types of topics, like the ones that are very discrediting everything that I can be saying or like against everything that I believe. Cause I feel like that's important to exchange. Yeah, for sure. I love yes. Tell me about aliens. Well, these star seeds, like all of the right. extra planetary planetary things, that's aliens, like the Arcturians are aliens. I've totally believed that. I haven't had like those UFO experiences. I feel like that is more common. Like that was more common before. To me, like I just have the connection, but physically nothing extremely crazy has happened. But you do know that they're at that. And there's yeah, some... so, like, I'm totally like not from here. Like I, oh yeah, right. there's also like the kids. Maybe this could be like the kid for uh, the case for your kids that um, some souls, they just incarnate without karma from past lives to do their mission. So it's just a lighter path. Like you just know, like I don't come here very often. That's why things are so light. Huh, explain that more. So it could be like where my daughters don't have to go through a lot of trauma and rough, because mm-hmm. I always say like, did you have a good childhood? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. are you going to tell everybody when you get to be in like your fifties that you had an amazing childhood <laughs> and uh, what trauma did you, but some, so that means like, you feel like it's just going to live a lighter life. I mean, if that's like the case, cause I can't tell like you're the mother and like, I feel like they're going to be the ones to tell whether they've had past lives here or not. I know I've had like during the Lemurian Atlantis period, but from that point, like on until now, linearly, it's just like a huge blank. Like maybe I've been like in the Arcturian system and like source and, and that's it. 
Like, because hmm. my life, like my spiritual uh, progression, it was just too quick. Like for me, it was just too accelerated. So that's when, you know, like Dolores talks about that as well, that a lot of souls, they incarnate karma free so that they can do their jobs here. Right. Like the spiritual mission here. And I think that uh, the parenting, it really has a lot of impact, obviously, you know, when we're growing up. So my parents, I feel like they are a couple of twin flames. So I've always had like the love so much available, always felt so much so loved. And if you have that, then you can go anywhere. Like I said, it's the bridge. So, you know, your kids with you, like with this podcast, Super Spirituality, that's kind of the path of the the new kids that are coming in to awakened parents. Right. Oh, believe me. Yeah, I'm in that world and I just see it all the time. And I, that's why my, I'm passionate. And I've had past lives where I've always been a teacher for kids. Mm. And I've always been like in been like like in jail or you know like always saying the wrong like parents mad at me or the town that I lived in was like I did something wrong to make their I helped their kids and then they were healing Mm -hmm. without anything and I was teaching them all these different ways to heal and it became this but I have over and over these past lives where I see that Mm -hmm. and so when I get to understand why I'm so passionate about these children and Mm -hmm. parenting makes sense Mm -hmm. it just really like resonates, like you would uh-huh. say, there's a resonance there with me, but I've seen have myself you, have in you done a, like a regression. Yes. And I've mm, seen that's that. Interesting. Yeah. I've really, but what else I've learned is in the regressions is the ones that when you do one, you have so many, the ones that come are the ones that are going to relate to what this life right now mm-hmm. is. Right. Exactly. For example, a friend of mine that's also into spirituality, she keeps saying like, it might be that I've had past lives here, like from Atlantis, Lemuria until this point. It's just that I'm not supposed to know in in this incarnation. Right. Because I don't feel like I'm going to incarnate here like again until like maybe the year 3000 or something. I I always say that like as a joke. But um, why? If you're not supposed to know. I mean, it's just. That's what makes sense, like to my soul. I think that, for example, the whole thing about having a Kundalini awakening, there are some things that they're so set, like everything about your life, just it was like meant to be so much, like you've been so existential your entire life, like you've asked questions your entire life, like to a very, very like next level complexity degree Mm -hmm. that it's just like something that's in your soul plan and you just know. And it's the same with like whether I feel like reincarnating here or not. But obviously, that's something that I'll decide later linearly. Yeah. Tell me what how you view death. It's just a, a transition from the physical. Like we just leave the earthly field and then we go somewhere else, like with the, our light bodies. Do you feel like we've chosen our the way we're going to die before we come into mm-hmm. this body? Yeah, like major events that are like checkpoints or things that are very important. I do think uh, those things are divinely uh, guided. That's like, from my experience, you know, from living so many of these events that were so magical and so like perfectly put together that I couldn't have architected that myself. Like if I wanted to out of my free will, like there's just no way I could have strategized to that point because it was too perfect. So, and obviously like just from studying things, uh, Dolores Cannon material, all of the spiritual topics, a, a lot of people believe in that, but there are people that don't, you know, I think that we have to live by what really resonates with us and makes us feel lighter, makes us feel great. Right. When you do your readings, because I was listening mm-hmm. to you say something like the day you decided that you were going to start charging for readings and you got mm-hmm. nervous like this, was it the worthiness of not knowing if people were going to come? How did that? 
I don't know. I think that uh, for a lot of, in the beginning, for a lot of spiritual people, especially when they have a lot of crystal energy as well, you feel like mm, I shouldn't be charging for this. But then you enter the matrix and you remind yourself that the world still runs on money as a basic currency. And that's that still represents value in a way. It's exchange uh, value. And I just think that a lot of people, they just want to help for free. But then eventually they get to a point that you understand that you're depleting yourself because the world still runs on money. So maybe like in the year 3000, we'll have a different way to exchange, you know, activities or things to do. And in the beginning, it was just like that. It's because it was like my first experience uh, doing things. And then I later understood that it was a lot of energy, too many psychic messages streaming in, like people crying and that I had to be, well, naturally like people pay for it. Yeah, well, definitely. But yeah, I a just, lot of people cry. They do? Yeah, like more than like 50%. It's just like emotional releases because you you start saying something, like channeling something and then like just hits the person like in the spot that they needed to be touched to feel. So it's not a meet, you're not bringing in dead Dead people. people. No. You're just psychic. No, I don't have that ability of dead people. And like, I don't feel interested by it because that means like kind of taking over your body. And I don't like anything that kind of resembles like disembodiment. How do you get into your psychic? Is it all the time or or do you have to do something? It's about creating the context, just like raising the vibration. For example, if I go out and I drink a lot and I don't know if I smoke and do like heavy drugs or all those things, obviously my vibration is going to be like terrible. Do you do that? No. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, no, it was like an example. Okay, (laughs) Um, I can go out and like casually like have a drink, but it's rare, you know? It doesn't really resonate much, but like heavy drugs, like no, and like smoking also like doesn't, doesn't resonate. Are you so into it's the plant made medicine? Plant. I haven't tried it. I feel like my guys keep telling me that if I do like go for like psychedelics, that's way too much. Because when you have the Kundalini experience, the psychedelics, they resemble that expansion of consciousness of being connected to everything. So the Kundalini already does that so naturally that... Yeah. Anything could really just overwhelm my nervous system for no reason. And just give me like a, what's like the name? Like a panic attack for, for nothing. Hmm. Huh, good. But the point is you kind of like gather all of the resources around to uplift yourself and to enter a state of alignment. Usually what I do is go for a run because running or any cardio that accelerates the molecules in your body. So now you have more active fire and, you know, prana, all of the flow of your body is moving physically. And then I meditate straight after for a few minutes, like maybe like 20 minutes or even less. And, and the Kundalini is up because there's also breathing exercises to raise it. I really like the Joe Dispenza way of doing it that you just, you know, bring all of that yes. fluid up. Okay. You've heard of it. <laughs> yes, I do. I love it. But when that's, you do all that to get ready. That's, it was actually through the, the Joe Dispenza book that it was really easy for me to raise the Kundalini intentionally without it being like those crazy, like kind of, un, not like that I didn't want the waves of Kundalini, but it has a force of its own, like the Shakti force, the feminine force. It's just so out of your control that you just flow with it, but more intentionally to raise just for psychic use here in the third eye chakra. That's what I do. It's just breathing the physical body, getting into movement. Cause it's just, you know, getting the stagnant energy to get flowing. And the more you pur- purify your body, the stuck energies, the more like that flow is more uninterrupted. So you just have more access to spiritual energy being around like all day long. So you can get to that feeling of Kundalini 
and you can access that because I was interviewing someone. They said, oh, I just mm-hmm. happened one time and I just, oh, I want that feeling again. But you get that oh, when you. That's the thing, like the waves, they exist because of that. You know, a person has like a Kundalini explosion and then they're going to be like in a period, maybe like a few weeks of very, very like high psychic activity and this Kundalini energy. I remember there were like two ways I couldn't even eat. Like I was just drinking water because I felt like I was being fed by light all the time. So that was a very interesting experience. Yeah, it was very accelerated as well. And sometimes you don't sleep because there's so much energy. And then the wave will come down because it's for you to integrate stuff. That's why people don't have the full experience at once. It doesn't work. The body, it's it's too dense. It's too slow. And we're inhabiting this third dimensional physical body. So that's why, you know, it, it has a wave and then it comes down. And that's for you to, you know, integrate. Like you were there sitting in a very high frequency energy to use that to transmute stuff so that the next wave can come. And eventually, once you've cleared a bunch of that baggage, then you can intentionally bring it up. But but it's not like a, like a Shakti wave, like boom. It's more like a controlled experience just to, to be psychic because you don't want to be in that state like all that all day long. It's like you have to lower the energy before sleep. Otherwise, like you don't sleep. Right. <laughs> what is your day like? If you have, do you have clients like throughout the day? How do you do that? Actually, you know, the spiritual things, they're like my side hobby and I work with human resources. So I do have like a, I like to keep my life like very nine to five-ish because I feel like that's more relatable to people. You know, if I'm going to be like sharing how to survive or thrive in the matrix, then I want to be a person that's very inserted in it. And that's what's in the cards for me right now. Maybe it'll change. Like when I'm 50, maybe I'll be solely doing sessions, but that doesn't resonate. Like I remember during a vacation that I did sessions every single day. It was like so exhausting and so like so much psychic energy, like mm, didn't really make sense. So my life is very, I'll always include exercise. I try to do it daily, eating very healthy foods as much as I can. And then, you know, heading to the matrixy job to explore it. Then I get after, you know, I leave, I can really connect like psychically to record the videos, to bring in the information. But like I said, I've been laying low, kind of not doing much because my projects like the course and like the book is already out. So I have like content quotes prepared for like the next two years. <laughs> when you, okay, let's, we're coming down to the end, but I could talk to you all day long. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Just because, and plus I've been watching you for the last few days. So it's like, all I do is, is listen to your amazing <laughs> perspective. You were talking about the veil burning, like Can we kind of end on that and then we'll, whatever else you want to talk about? Sure. I think the the veil really wraps it up. Like that video that I did wraps everything that we talked about, like the disclosure and the short term, people waking up, the split. So the veil burning, that's for the ones who are already awakened. Like the non-physical realms, they're every single day, like more in front of our faces than before. So like four years ago, you could still stall and procrastinate and have like a week off spirituality. Nothing would happen. You would just numb yourself like casually. These days, it's like those energies, the non-physical energy that would be beyond the veil. It's so in touch with us that there's no way that we can just stall because that gives us anxiety to keep up, you know, holding problems. So that's what it is. Like there's no Hmm. more um, separation there. I think it's it's more in front of people's faces. And even for the ones that are unawakened, topics like astrology or things that are more like that, you know, people can do memes. Well, people are still giving like validity to that more and more. So hopefully it'll keep growing, even though social media is a bit like 
stagnant right now for the spiritual topics. Like the system has been kind of, you know, a lot of things were censored during this period of disclosure. So hopefully the tendencies for us to keep progressing with that type of information. I feel like 2024, all of this, um, the mess, like the war between science, it will kind of be more over and and the splits would be more clear. But you see like more uncovering in the next few years. Yeah, disclosure for people. Disclosure, yeah. I mean, you know, I I don't focus on that. So Mm. it's not that I ignore it, Mm. but like, do you watch the news? Are you, how do you, I don't focus on that. I don't know. When you say like uh, the veil's burnt, like my veil's burnt. Like it's like, I'm all in. I mean, I'm, it's constant and I don't, I don't want to stop. Oh yeah. But but it's for the people who haven't had the awakening. Right. That, you know, because I don't watch the news. Like I watch, um, well, conspiracy theories and like all telegram groups that are posting daily stuff about like exposing the news. That's what I watch. Like exposing oh. the news that are like on right. TV. So that would be like the real news, as I right. call it. But That's yeah, what but, I watch. Yes. I, if I was, you're right. Because if I was going to be interested in something, that would be what I would be wanting to watch. <laughs> I was watching something. I'm going to interview him in a few weeks. His name's Sheldon. Sheldon? Mm. You might follow him too. I don't know. But he I talks about the clouds. People you follow, like for me to follow more <laughs> accounts. <laughs> um, but he talks about like the clouds and the, and the, government yes and all that yeah yeah, that type of stuff that's what i call i just summarize it in the conspiracy box yeah you know people label it conspiracy and it's like all true (laughs) exactly that's what like my i'll tell my husband something well that sounds like the conspiracy and i'm like (laughs) oh okay (laughs) how many of you drink coffee in the morning I know most of you do, or if you don't, it's because you have found an alternative to have instead of coffee because of the side effects coffee may have. I have been drinking Four Sigmatic for the past three years because I realized its ingredients were much healthier than just the regular organic coffee I was drinking. Four Sigmatic helps people achieve wellness with the world's most nutrient-dense ingredients. It enhances focus, boosts your mood, and even supports your immune system. It is mixed with functional mushrooms like lion's mane and chaga. These superfoods are some of the most studied wellness supporting supplements on the planet. Try it risk-free today, and if you don't love it, get your money back. Go to go.forsigmatic.com forward slash uncover magic and receive 30% off your order when you use the code UNCOVERMAGIC. My sweet friend that I am now will be in connection with mm-hmm. forever. What it would be the one last thing you could end this beautiful conversation? Okay, I already know what. Like the one last thing, and it's also something that I always tell like all of my clients is that they didn't even need the session. Like all people need to do is to learn how to feel whatever they need to feel. And that's not something that's going to, that you're going to wait for a sign or synchronicity for. You book yourself moments to light your candle to feel so that you you create that environment to feel. It's not like a magic's going to happen out of nowhere when you're still holding a lot of density. It's like a logical decision to care for yourself, to hit the gym, to book yourself moments. So for me, like that's the, the one thing. Learn how to love and to feel. That's going to get you further 
into your own spiritual journey. Yes, I love it. Yes. And on that note, let's see, we can find you on Instagram. Where can we find you? It's, um, oh, okay. Uh, the guides at Mari. <laughs> guides at Mari. Yeah, the guides at Mari. Okay. And then your website? It's the guides at Okay. And when she says Mari, it's M A R I. Yeah. That's how you spell it. Yeah, that's Maria, like Brazilian. People, Maria. Always, say, like, people always say like Mary. <laughs> oh, right. Mari. Mari. Oh, Mari, it was so fun. I loved everything. Thank you minute. for having me. Like, please stay in touch, send anything. I'm so happy to just like talk. I will. Me okay. too. Anything for, to listen to you talk. Cool. Anyway, you know, to think of before we end this, I just, you know, to be 23 years old and to see, to watch now, to watch your journey and where it goes mm-hmm. is just to think you started at this age, what age you started this journey at. 19. At 19. And you're 23 now. Amazing. And I have a 16 year old and she's right behind you. So (laughs) it'll be fun to watch. It'll, I just love to teach. Like I'll go pick her up in an hour and she'll Mm -hmm. ask me about you. And I love to share. um, Oh my God, say hi. Because you're close and you're a rainbow child. Like she Mm -hmm. is, you know, both of my girls and they Mm -hmm. are experiencing life in such a different way than I did. True, and there are different challenges for different uh, generations and also different ages, you know, people that are like 20 something, people are like really freaking out. <laughs> really freaking out in their 20s, the ones that are in their 20s? Yeah, because everything's very competitive these days, you know, the matrix, all of the acceleration just causes this uh, uncertainty so much. While like my parents, for example, there was less competition, things were more like a a safe shop that like if I study and I go to this school and then I do this obviously like I'm gonna have success and these days it's like social media everything's so accelerated that there's no certainty you have to be your own certainty you know from within right oh for sure I was talking to Presley this morning on the way to school the 14 year old and Mm -hmm. she was saying mom you're a gen x and she's like do you want me to read your parenting style and it was (laughs) really into parenting, were like volunteers at the school. It was all, you know, really into like helping their child, you know, excel in life. Mm-hmm. And then there she was talking about the gen, she's a gen Z. Are you, you're a gen Z. I don't even know. So she was just I, reading. Yeah, I, I don't, it's just gen Z. I don't know. I don't know. Like I don't, um, I don't keep I don't, up. So yeah, I don't it. either. But anyway, it was interesting thinking of, cause your parents are probably what, younger than me. They are 50 something. Yeah. Well, same age, but yeah. So when, you know, I had my children so much later, Mm. but having that experience of my childhood with no social media. And then when Paige was born 16 years ago was when I had an iPhone. So, you know, it's like, I was talking about my parents about that, like lately that they grew up like without social media. I was like, you know what? Like, you're so lucky. Like that must have been so much fun. It was. And I even told the girls today, I'm so glad I was raised in the Gen X, whatever, because I got to do both. You know, I had a childhood Mm with the freedom and the no social pressure. I don't Mm -hmm. remember going to school and being bullied or, you know, there was nothing like that. It was just, we did our sports. We went to school, we came home, we went and played. I still want to hear everything about your journey, like uh, off the podcast. Cause I feel like you you were like directing things towards me, but I want to know more about you too. Oh, (laughs) you're so sweet. Anyway, it was so fun. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. You're welcome. 
Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, always look for the magic.